When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to Town TV. This is Brian here with my co-host, Paul. And today... We're going to be talking episode seven of the Amazon Prime show, Gen V. Today's episode is entitled Sick. And before we get going, no matter what feed you're listening on, I do want you to, oh my gosh, no matter what feed you're listening on, I do want to re-ratch it over to our main Bingetown TV flagship feed. I know some of you are probably coming over from the Gen V feed over there. And to take it a step further, you can find our entire library of all the shows we've ever covered over on BingetownTV.com. I think that is the best way to navigate our catalog. Uh, we have a bunch of stuff. We just wrapped our coverage of The House of Usher. Uh, Wheel of Time was pretty much all of last two months. Uh, Jujutsu, excuse me, Jujutsu Kaisen. And then on the horizon, we have Invincible, which is another Amazon Prime superhero show. I'm sure a bunch of the boys and Gen V lovers loved that season one of Invincible. And then also kind of a uh, lesser known one, Murder at the End of the World, which is a project by our girl, Britt Marling. So we're pretty excited to be covering that. And that should be coming uh, both of those shows in the next month or two. Um, And then finally... I want to shout out our Discord community. It is growing every week, uh, but head on over to Discord and join the discussion at Benchtown TV. Speaking of which, I do want to give a quick fact correction from our previous episode. Compliments to our boy Slacker Inc. Inc. from over on the Discord, uh, who just wanted to clarify that in episode six, they were using Sam to augment Luke's power in the woods, not the other way around. That was my mistake. I said that Luke was being used to enhance Sam, but our boy Slacker Inc. corrected us, and it was indeed Sam being used to augment Luke's power. So my apologies there, and thank you for the fact check. Appreciate Slacker it. Slacker Inc., man, always living up to his name and catching us while we're slacking. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you for keeping us on track. Yeah, this episode's sick. A lot of hype. I honestly saw this one a little bit late, and I saw a lot of reactions to it. No spoilers or anything, but I saw a lot of people saying, like, hey, man, I don't know if anybody watches Gen V, but last episode, some crazy stuff happened. And, I mean, it really does live up to the boys' genre. It's... We said this every single time. It's basically, it is season 3.5. It's so good. This episode, great. We get a lot of different storylines kind of jumping all over the place and then reconvene at the end. So we're going to be chunking this one up into buckets. But without further ado, I think we're just going to jump right in. And Let's do it. We see the direct aftermath of 
the concentrated dose of this virus. We see a normal student getting thrown into a cell and some other students saying, hey, try not to breathe. And all of a sudden you see somebody formerly known as Andy come stumbling out and he looks worse than some zombies, man. Like he is in bad shape, like the warts and vomiting blood. And yeah. that we did learn as of right now, it's direct contact flu uh, with fluids that spreads it. Um, we get Dr. Cardoso and Shetty talking about that right now. But oh, my God, for a soup, you look like somebody who can't even stand. I mean, this is the first time in the entire the boys universe that we have seen the soups. I mean, the humans, 100 percent. This is a trump card for them. We have never seen soups in that vulnerable state. And you said it right. They almost looked like a. Uh, the clickers from the last of us the way they had like yeah. the warts and stuff coming out of their face the makeup looked fantastic uh the past like three episodes i feel like they have been bookending the episodes with scenes of shetty and cardosa in the woods and obviously this is going to be the last time they're going to be able to do that but that kind of did the same thing here opening scene of the episode is them showing the progress of this virus um yeah and they are not messing around with this virus so great way to open this episode we've seen soups be vulnerable from that one siren sound device that they have true yeah but that one is uh, like you can navigate around it if you just throw earplugs in i'm sure it doesn't affect some soups more than others so this one obviously this is the like end all be all like type for the soups this is a obviously way bigger deal so Shetty's trying to get it airborne, and then Cardoso is getting a little bit more push or pushing back a little bit more, I should say, saying like, this is ridiculous. Like, let's redefine our goals, because I don't know if we are eye to eye on this one. And Shetty just says, hey, you can't do anything. If you tell Vought, then, you know, you're fucking dead. What are you going to tell them that you made a virus to destroy their entire product? She also, I think, correctly points out it's way too late in the game for you to be putting your good boy pants on now. Like you knew what our intentions were. You kept saying, yes, you can like try and deny it all you want now, but like we're too far deep here, too far gone to back out now. So she's kind of really got him under his, uh, her thumb rather. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we see the aftermath of even trying to do anything else with Cardosa later on. Um, but as Shetty is walking out of this meeting, she gets a call from Kate. Kate wants to meet up. Mm. You know, Shetty's calling her sweetheart. Uh, you know, it, the manipulation is just uh, every single time they talk um, saying, hey, you take your medication today. Or did you take a med your medication today? Take another one, you know, keep up with it. So she wants to meet at Shetty's house and she will go there and wait for Shetty. And Kate returns from this phone call. Everybody in the booth, all the pals. Yep. I'm sticking with that name. It's not the boys. It's the pals. The pals. Uh, okay. Yeah, They're in the booth and they're getting the situation and I mean, obviously they don't take it well. They can barely trust Kate. Nobody trusts her at all. And uh, Kate's saying her, her plan is to get Shetty. I'll make her tell everything, everyone, everything. And honestly, really good plan. It's the obvious plan, but at the same time, they already distrust her and said, and she's not taking the pills. It does seem like she literally can't control the voices flooding in. So she, uh, whether it's intentional or otherwise, is reading their minds and can tell all of them are expecting her to betray them and just cozy up to Shetty. And she's like, hey, like, 
I know you distrust me, but like, you got to trust me. And they're like, well, why don't you get out of our heads? Then we'll trust you. Um, I don't know. It's kind of an interesting dynamic here. It goes back to last episode where Kate's going to have to earn back their trust. Yeah. And Jordan obviously hates Kate. Number one fan of the uh, Kate haters fan club. And he slash she storms out. Marie follows them. Um, and they have like that little moment because they kind of like are on like the very beginning steps of being together and being a couple. Yeah. Um, and they have she has a funny line where Marie's like, "Hey, you gotta stop ta- uh, turning into a guy when you gotta make a point." And Jordan <laughs> so was like, oh, "Yeah, sorry, sorry." Um, I guess Jordan wanted the deeper voice, um, but anyway, they got great what- banter. These two. Oh, it's wonderful. Uh, yeah. I love them together, honestly. Um, but and- these two kind of just start talking about. You know, even if we do get all this evidence for the woods, Vault's probably just going to spin the truth the way they always do. And then we're going to, I don't know, go to prison. Vault's going to sweep us under the carpet with it unless we bring this evidence to someone that they will have no choice but to listen to. And it, you know, the camera pans up to this poster of Victoria Newman, which kind of sets the stage for where this the rest of this episode goes and it revolves around this interview with Victoria Newman occurring at God, you, um, which is just absolutely perfect. I think it was very nice to see Newman. Newman's like a fringe character. Well, she was a huge part of season three, but she's like Mm. just enough of a fringe character of the boys to be a really good fringe character for Gen V. And obviously huge connections right away because of all the connections we see Newman get in season three. So uh, honestly, just such a good blending of the two different POVs of the same world. Um, and, and honestly, a lot more to go into it later on when we get the reveal from Shetty, but uh, we'll get there when we get there. So we got uh, Marie and Jordan going into Shetty's office, going through the files. They find a mm. blue file, and this is about the plane crash, the terrorist attack. They find Dude. out. Yeah, I can't. How many times is this damn plane crash going to come back? And I never think about it. I never think that it's going to come back, and it always does. So this was the reveal that Shetty's husband and daughter were on that plane. Yeah, I think I just never expect them to keep dipping their hands back into that well. But honestly, this landed like a ton of bricks for me. It makes so much sense now why Shetty has this resentment for the soups. I mean, the parallels to Butcher are very obvious. It And it turns out that this virus is cater made to get back, get revenge at Homelander. Um, just Marie stumbling upon this folder was fantastic. And it's such a payoff for people that watch the boys. Of course, honestly, I'm curious what percent of the audience watching Gen V. This is their first exposure to the boys universe. Maybe a conversation for another time. No, that's a good question. If you, this is your first exposure to the boys in general, and you're going to go back and watch the boys, please let us know because I would, I mean, I think it's entertaining no matter what, but I would like to see if it's entertaining just for these guys right off the bat. But going back to this episode, we have Shetty and Mallory meeting another meeting I was not expecting. It was a hilarious scene, but I don't want to skip over it. Cardoso walking in drunk and pissing in the whiskey bottle and also uh, kind of reveals unknowingly to Marie and Jordan while hiding under the table he just says infection rate needs to be increased and we want to kill them all. And Marie's like, wait, what was that he was saying about infection rate? So 
kind of now she she knows that that is what they are doing in the woods too. Yeah, seriously, talk about beautiful timing. And yeah, thank God he was fucking pissed drunk and didn't realize the file open on her desk. Also, baller move taking a piss in a whiskey bottle because like <laughs> you probably wouldn't tell. I, well, I mean, I mean, maybe when he took a swig, <laughs> but based on the color, it wouldn't be obvious. That's for sure. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Everybody's got to be just a little bit too too far and crude in this world. Yeah. Even all right. So um, this but is the Shetty Mallory meeting. Yeah, I mean, makes sense. First off, amazing to see Mallory, but also the meeting makes sense if Shetty is that. that deep in the weeds in this stuff she would have heard the name mallory knows that's a contact to go to for someone who could help out with some super related issues um i i love mallory as a character if i'm being honest and i'm really glad she responded the way that she did to this news even she was just like no i cannot that is not palatable for me that is a war crime it is genocide um and that's kind of her character she has that line but People like Shetty and like Butcher from the boys, they cross that line. They don't give a fuck that all they see is revenge. But Mallory, great appearance. My associate from the same parts has your same rage. Don't follow him down that same path. Like, I mean, literally just talking about Butcher um, also brings up, you know, no matter how many of them you kill, none of it would bring back your husband and daughter. So Mallory knows about that somehow because Mallory is just that good and has informants everywhere. Just another and to flex. be fair, Shetty knew about her grandkids too. So Shetty, mm-hmm. Shetty's got some contacts too. But that's the difference. I mean, Mallory has somewhat made her peace with it. I mean, as best as you can. But what about that very end where she goes in her pocket, pulls out the phone? Did you get all that? And the big question: Who is on the other side of the phone? Who's on the line? Seems like a Frenchy job. Although, I don't know. I can't even speculate who would be on the line. I want to say Butcher just because she literally calls him out by saying, my friend has the same rage. And I kind of want that to be like, obviously she's talking to Shetty, but it's directly like a backhand to Butcher listening in on the conversation. That would be really funny. So I hope it's, you know, one of the boys at least. Could be M.M. Yeah, I'm just trying to I I'm embarrassed to say I don't fully remember where we left Mallory at the end of the last season of the boys. Not on good terms. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. I don't know. We'll be well researched the next season of the boys by the time that comes around. Um, So real quick, we are going to go to a little bit of the cricket and Sam stuff. Um, I love that you still call her cricket, too. I don't know why I, I <laughs> you literally, can't make the switch. I go back and forth between Emma and cricket, but a cricket just sticks for me more. I don't know why. Yeah. Um. But I love that Sam's just in her giant hoodie blanket thing. And it smells like you. I like it. Like, yeah, he, he doesn't know any of like the stereotypical norms or, or cliches. So he's just being honest and saying what he feels. He's like, I like it. It smells like you. Like he doesn't try to be like the tough macho guy yeah. or anything like just directly honest. So love it. He was also going through all of her drawers. sees a star like dildo and everything. Yeah. Um, And this just ends up being Sam staying behind while Emma goes out to get some food and was she doing anything else besides getting no her plan was just to get him some vada burger um gotcha. but obviously don't plan don't leave this kid alone obviously mm-hmm. like something's gonna distract him but she says stranger danger don't leave the room no matter what and of course he does and it's just a 
bunch of soups partying out in the hall doing like a sled sort of thing. And our boy Rufus resurfaces and he just likes to stir the pot. So like <laughs> the stranger he just meets, is just like, oh, yeah, I'm at the next party. Just come with us. Hate fucking hate Rufus. Rufus. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Yeah, she's there. Come with us. Hate Rufus. Um, Real quick, though, Sam in the dorm. Just going through all of Emma's stuff and gets the underwear of all the different sizes. And he's yeah. so <laughs> he acts them out with his fingers. Just loved it. Um, and just him just checking out everything in general because he like hasn't seen anything before. It's just yeah. a reminder how shaded from society he's been. Um, and yeah, I don't know, man. Last thing you say, hey, stranger danger, don't open the door. Yeah. Opens the door and goes with everybody. Whatever. He had a beer. He drank for the first time. He was having fun. And I'm really actually I'm worried that he had too much fun. And he had a lot of signs of this earlier that he was having a, a good time and wanted to be that Rufus type of. And we'll get that. Oh, in, yeah. Directly dude. into that. Him and Kate 100 percent got radicalized this episode with the uh, far bar soup agenda shall we call it i don't know what you want to say um but yeah he had he had a lot of fun with rufus and i think he uh picked up some ideologies while he was at the interview but let's move on kind of the next scene opens with andre's dad polarity being interviewed by our boy cameron coleman of vaught news and he's interviewing the god-fearing superhero who bleeds red white and blue polarity um and he's kind of setting up that polarity is going to be hosting the interview with Victoria Newman that's on campus. And then it kind of zooms out from the screen and it becomes a scene with Kate and Andre uh, where same old story with Andre, him and his dad aren't talking. They haven't talked since, you know, the news about the woods kind of broke. Um, and yeah, then on the screen, mid interview, polarity starts having this seizure and stuff. And that kind of sets events into motion where Andre runs across campus to try and get to, uh, his dad, which he does, and then there's the scene taking him to the hospital in the ambulance. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and you know, at the very end, he gets a text from Kate, come to Shetty's. We'll kind of get back to that as we're going to go through and to everybody and have them get in that same text to come to Shetty's. But yeah, man, Andre going through it right here. Um, big question is, what do you think was going on with Polarity? Like, what caused that seizure? that he was doing my only thing is that maybe Newman Newman was in the background because he was supposed to be the moderator for Victoria Newman we saw that as like, like a commercial that's the first thing that they were talking about so I didn't know if that was a direct target by her but he was also sweating and super nervous when he messed up the line knowledge can be a superpower he said knowledge can be a superhero and then he like freaked yeah. out so I, I don't exactly it, know it doesn't <sighs> It isn't presenting like how we've seen Newman's powers in the past. So this would be a new thing for her, like making someone seize up like that. I'm more inclined to say it's something about Vaught. I mean, I don't know how they would have found out about like Polarity and Andre's conversation about the woods, but maybe they're punishing Polarity for like not keeping the secret of the woods or something. Maybe he got infected with the virus somehow. I'm not sure how that would have happened, but yeah, I'm not exactly sure what to make of polarity seizure, though. It is interesting. I also and just loved it. Go uh, ahead. Andre just trying to 
keep his dad from crushing the ambulance, like pushing back a little bit. Yeah. And the freaking EM2 was like, do something. He was like, I'm trying. <laughs> Honestly, not much to say about it, but very cool, like 30 second scene. I completely agree. Just the concept of trying to push out an ambulance. I agree. All right. Uh, so now we kind of have the Newman interview, I guess. Um, yep. And Cameron Coleman is filling in for polarity because he's obviously out of commission. And him asking these questions is just <laughs> like so fucking Fox News. <laughs> Newman, uh, so thanks like, for having us. <laughs> yeah. Why are you sitting by watching America burn while Starlight and Soldier Boy are slaughtering people in broad daylight? And she's like, well, you know, the killings decreased public confidence in superhumans and the subsequent regulations that we put in place led to record low violence in both populations. Um, and she also says that one of the main platforms that her uh, her and Bob Singer are running on is that they're going to kind of have a position in government to represent soups, um, give them a seat at the table, as she says. But everything she's saying is just stirring up the kind of pro soup crowd. Rufus being one of the more vocal of the audience. Uh, this is just a really cool scene, honestly. I'm um, just classic not answering the question and just deflecting the whole time. Cameron Coleman, I mean, his personality, just hysterical. And he was like, when you were around flapping your gums and then they, <laughs> oh, so it was an honor to have you on the show. Thanks so much for being here. Like it's just, <laughs> the, the personality flip is just so hysterical. Um, so I thought there was going to be a lot more fatalities at this. I thought it was going to be a lot bigger than just a flag being cut in half and burned. Some of the security guards were like getting jumped or something like that. I don't think there was any deaths, but I was like, man, yeah. dumb college kids not knowing what they're talking about fighting and uh, all together in the superpowers that yeah. could have got out of hand quickly. So outside of the interview, we do have a short connecting scene where Jordan and Marie have to get in so that they can talk to Newman and Jordan creates a distraction by beating the crap out of that chick, Justine, that uh spilled the beans on Emma. So some nice just desserts there for that chick, Justine. Um, but yeah, then we go back into the interview and the very incendiary question that gets asked by a student is, will Homelander be held accountable for killing someone in broad daylight? And again, Newman kind of gives a nothing answer where she says, I have full faith in the legal system that and I think Homelander should stand trial like the rest of his peers. And then Rufus yells out, they're not our peers. Um And it's it it's just more of that kind of stuff. So kind of the soups are taking their side the humans are taking their side it's a very polarizing issue they keep asking do superhumans have civil rights and they're trying to figure out what that is um and all of a sudden the you will not control us chance breakout um crowd goes nuts mm -hmm. people saying homelander is right like that, that's just ridiculous like the crowd like loves that all the soups think that Homelander's right, that they should just be superior. Um, and Newman gets escorted out. But as she's getting escorted out, she runs into Marie and Newman recognizes her right away and says, let's find a place to chat. Just the two of us. Like all of a sudden, so, so super happy. Didn't even couldn't even tell that she almost got murdered out there in front of a bunch of students. She is such a good politician. And also, she's able to keep so calm because she knows she is a soup. So she's never actually in any real danger in that auditorium, though I mm -hmm. digress. Um, this, 
dude i so, so this is the big reveal right so this is newman saying your powers are badass coolest i've ever seen you know it must be exhausting what else can you do uh tell, tell me, me something. something about myself man yeah and you can sense things and then she's like oh my god you're a soup says give me your knife cuts her own hand and that reveal was crazy so mm-hmm. newman has very similar if not the same powers as marie i think and- this episode was supposed to confirm it as the same i mm-hmm. was kind of tiptoeing around it last episode i said i mean the peak of her power she probably could do the same head exploding thing and she Sure enough, they have the same power. I mean, this is an awesome reveal. Honestly, the thought across my head when she explodes Rufus's dick in that one scene, I'm like, wow, she just exploded that body part like we Newman pops heads, but she popped a different head. <laughs> That's funny. Um, it was right <laughs> in front of us the whole time. They're both head poppers. Um, that is hysterical. But I mean, I, I just viewed Newman completely differently now. If we were all thinking her thing was only like popping heads and then we saw last season that it could be not just the head, it could be everything. So we didn't know mm-hmm. what was going on. We thought it was just like an implosion thing. But no, she controls blood. And that is uh, she's honestly we knew she was powerful. And especially when she had that head to head against Homelander and Homelander was like, do you think you could actually do it? Do you think you could pop my head? Um I don't know that that's a crazy, crazy aspect. And then, you know, you got to think about Marie, the same powers. She's going to be a target for a lot of people. Now she's going to be a huge target. Oh yeah. Well, they, as this conversation continues, uh, so one, apparently Newman was the quote unquote angel investor that put in a good word for Marie and got her into God. You, Of course, you got in on your own merit, but, you know, everybody Mm -hmm. needs a helping hand, all that good stuff. Um, And then Newman says, oh, right. You wanted to tell me something. And Marie says, oh, they have this thing called the woods under the school and they're trying to develop a virus. And she's just like, all right, I got it from here. You can go back to being a student. Um, And she kind of. I think this is good advice coming from Newman. She's like, no, listen, let me handle this. She may or may not be lying. I don't know what she intends to do with the virus, but she's like, go back to being a student. People like us, like the guardian of Godolkin, that's just marketing. They can still put you right back in the adult facility. But if you play their game, you know, first black woman in the seven friends with the VP, like that chick can do some actual good in this world. So like play the game. Don't try and ruin it. Playing hero right now going after the woods. Yeah, she says. Go ahead. She, Go ahead. She Newman grew up at Red River. Um, she says, you know, they were wrong about you and your powers. They're very rare. Everyone's scared of them because they think it's too dangerous um, and all of that. But basically saying, God, you is your shot. Don't mess it up because they're everybody's going to look at you and nobody's going to want to adopt you. You know, I've been there. I've seen that. She's beyond that and past that now. But then she goes into that exactly what you were saying. Like, you're not going to be able to play the game the same way that nobody's going to want to adopt you. You got to just play your role. Um, so, again, yeah, I don't know what Newman's doing with the virus. Uh, I guess we'll get there. I guess we can go I there mean- now. Let's wanna... do the uh, the scene in Shetty's house first. Okay. Um, so after this Newman scene, Marie gets a text from the pals. As we see Andre yes. does in the hospital bed, Andre winds up kind of ignoring it because he wants to be like, Dad, I'm with you now. I'm finally with you. But everybody else from the pals winds up at Shetty's house where mm-hmm. 
Kate did her thing. She has yeah. Shetty kind of bent over a barrel. Just ask her whatever you want. She will finally tell the truth. Um, and I guess we, the um, go ahead. We did miss one quick scene, actually hmm. two quick scenes. So we got Emma and Jordan coming together and finding Sam as the right. uh, rally lets out. And that's when they all get the text that uh, they need to go to Shetty's. Sam also kind of shows a little bit. He was like, I, I liked it. Like we, d- I didn't have to hide. Like yeah. we could just be ourselves. Um, and they get the text, hey, come to Shetty's. So real quickly, we did get Kate and Shetty alone. Kate had her gloves off mm-hmm. when Shetty comes in. And I feel like Shetty was noticed and got nervous directly. Yes, yeah, just said, hey, take your pills. You take your pills today. Um, <laughs> so this is where I get confused because Kate freaks out, says all the pills do- did were make me numb. You weren't helping me. You were just using me as a tool. Um, and Shetty says, no, no, no. I loved you. I really do love you. And she grabs her hand when she says this. She grabs Kate's hand and says, no, I love you. And Kate says, you're telling the truth because uh-huh. she can read thoughts. So a few different possibilities here. One is Shetty a soup. We were talking about it. Probably not, because why would you make a virus that's going to kill you? But at the same time, like it seemed like she somehow persuaded Kate. I mean, I get that it could be that Kate was just unstable because of everything that was going through and being off the pills. Um, or if Kate actually believed her, she says, you loved me. And then Shetty says, okay, there's just one more push that you have to do. One more thing for me. Mm-hmm. Do you think that one more thing was all this play that Kate puts on at the end? And we'll get to it, I guess, but just have that in the back of your mind. So, uh, wait, what is the question? I I think they say later that the one more push was supposed to be Kate killing everybody in the woods. Yeah, that's what they wanted you to think. But I'm just saying, is do you think that whole thing is one big play? And this is actually what Shetty wanted to happen. And it's like a crazy chess move, forward thinking, Westworld type of thing. Okay, but even in that scenario, Shetty is still dead, right? That was just her dying thing to ensure the virus. Yeah, I'm going to say no, I'm off on this theory. I don't fully understand it, and therefore I'm out. Okay, yeah, that's fair, because I did a horrible job of defending it. (laughs) Anyway. Everybody gets here after Shetty says, hey, there's just going to be one more thing you have to do for me. We just kind of mentioned it. Kate is telling Shetty. Well, Kate already is forcing Shetty to tell them everything. Shetty is already under Kate's influence. um, And she there's a lot of truths that come out here, which is pretty nuts. Um, Tells them all about how the school is a front. You know, Mm -hmm. the founder built this place to figure out what soups, what makes soups tick, their weaknesses, how to control them. The school is here to study you. You're not here to study. She wants the virus to spread across the globe and kill all soups because of Homelander. Um, You know, he took down that plane and they're trying to say, why are you worried about us? It was him that killed your family. And she goes on to say, not just him, you all leave a path of destruction behind you. Look at what you all did to your parents. And this is the reveal, you know, uh, Kate says, you know, tell them, tell them what your last assignment for me was. It was to go to the woods and kill everybody there. So right now, 
and I think we're on the same track here. We are to believe that mm-hmm. Kate heard that, snapped, and then made Ke- Shetty say, hey, no, Shetty, you're the bad guy. We're going to get you to kill yourself. Yeah, I'm not. I feel like even though. I, okay. So I guess we are missing exactly what triggered Kate to make Shetty tell the truth on anything. I think. Shetty was telling the truth and her mind confirmed she does truly love Kate. But I think even so, Kate had been t- burned too many times. She didn't accept that and was like, okay, so you love me, but just in case, tell me the truth about everything. And then some of this stuff came out. Um, that's kind of how I'm viewing it. Yeah, no, you know, I think that that's how they, I think that's how they want us to view it, which is it could just be the answer. But well, like I, next episode, I'm not going to be totally surprised if Shetty was like, haha, this was my plan all along. And it's not what she seemed. So you think there is a non-zero possibility that Shetty is going to still be alive? Or just that she wanted to die and I yeah. part of her overarching plan. What I'm getting at is they didn't show us Kate touching Shetty, telling her what to do. So it's right. not it, we didn't see that turn. Because we did see Shetty and Kate saying like, oh, you really did love me. And the mm-hmm. last time we saw them, they were at a good spot. Next time we see them, we didn't. We don't know exactly what happens. We All we get is what Kate says. So I don't know if this is going to be the whole plan or You're right. Or I, I, it just could be they totally, do, totally made up. I felt that in the moment. They do certainly leave the door open for some shenanigans to have happened. I, I just don't really see it. It feels more impactful to have this be Shetty's death and then have Kate kind of be a little uh I don't know a little more pro soup like being that far soup ideology and just be causing mayhem and then her friends have to kind of take her off the ledge very Jean Grey of her <laughs> and she her eyes are bleeding so this is she has mm. been pushing a lot she even tells tells Kate not to help at, with the Marie, cutthroat, yeah. I'm sorry. Kate tells Marie not to help with the cutthroat, um, which is just it was so casual. You forget how strong she can be. She just has a thought. She can just make it happen. Well, I thought it was really well done. How like Marie is really struggling with it because she has to think about her parents, and since Kate can read her mind, she immediately says, "I'm I'm sorry. You have to relive this because she knows yeah. exactly what's playing out in Marie's head." Kate is OP, man. Yeah. Kate is OP. And they made uh they made a really good point this episode of all the voices that she's hearing and how it does really just kind of mess with her and can make you think not rationally. I mean, it's just such a different perspective than any of us have. Um, and they just look at Kate and say, like, you know, do you know what you've done? And Sam is like, Justice. He loved it. Sam was all about it. Sam's on board. Oh my god. For nice. all the Himium lovers out there. Yeah, Paul's a Himium lover. <laughs> Barney's on board. <laughs> who's the other one that's on board? Um, it was Oh, who's he dating at the time? They both say it to each other. Quinn. Quinn's on board. Because of the lap dances. And then Quinn goes to take body shots. A body shot off of yeah. Michael Truco, aka Barney's on board. Yeah. There you go. Deep cut for you guys there. <laughs> But last scene we got nothing good happens in a dark parking garage. Uh-uh. And 
even if somebody tells you to go meet up there to make a transaction, don't do it. Okay. Don't be like Dr. Cardosa. He has the virus in his hands saying it can only survive a few days in ambient temperature. You need to get it to, you know, uh, cool. Uh, what's it called? Chilled. I don't know. Cold storage. Whatever. Cold storage. That's what it was. Um, chilled zone is what I said. Good, good medical term. Terminology. Very sciencey of you. Uh, we get to reveal that he's talking to Newman. Newman grabs it and says, "Oh, and you're the only one that can recreate it, right?" And I'm like, "Oh God, this is going horribly." Cardosa just being like, "So we're on the same page here, right?" Compassionate control, and Newman, the politician, as always, is just like, "Huh, compassionate control." I like that. I think I'm going to steal that. Is that okay? Yeah, it's a great phrase. Oh, Com- my gosh. Compassionate control is such a weird term because mm-hmm. it, it's almost like a, a uh, what's a oxymoron? Is that what I'm trying to think of? Like, how can yeah. you be compassionate and control somebody at the same time? But whatever. Got a nice ring to it. Newman, she's gonna. I bet you we hear that in the next season. I bet you she steals it and uses it in like a speech or something like that. That would I'd be, be insulted if they don't. That would be brilliant. Um, so anyway, yeah. we know yeah. where this is going. Heads will roll. Cardosa gets his head popped. Very well done reveal how she hands him the business card. He looks down <laughs> and he's just yeah. like, It must be a little dry in here. <laughs> no witness protection for you. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Crazy, hey, you're honestly, a, you're a hero, Doctor Cardosa, and then an pop. American hero. Yeah, <laughs> American hero. Um, yeah. I mean, are we in agreement? This is the best episode of the season. I mean, it certainly has the most implications for season four of the boys. I would say. Yeah, and we got definitely a bunch of crazy reveals too that hit pretty hard. So, um, I'm loving where we're going. We got is uh, next episode is the finale, correct? Oh, I can't confirm, but I feel like the boys always had eight episodes, so I I feel like I want to say yes. It'll I be think, the finale. I think they teed it up really nice because we are left with you know a few really big mysteries. One being what is Newman going to do with the virus, and two, who was on the phone with Mallory, and because they're going to have actions going forward. If we're going to get a, a showing from the boys, like we just have our pals doing their thing, their plan shenanigans going down. And all of a sudden, the the boys pop through the wall in the mid-mission. That would be amazing. That would be wild if the boys make an appearance. I'm more inclined to think that's just going to be a stick of pin in it. That'll be the setup for like episode one of the boys. Mallory will be like, yo, this chick Shetty is up to some crazy stuff. But fingers crossed that we do see something like that in episode eight. Um, I do think it's important that we take like a minute here to just theorize. What do you think Newman's intentions are for the virus? Is it just to keep it under wraps? Is it supposed to be a uh, kind of a threat or a blackmail to a particular soup that she might want to be getting out of the way? I mean, she's still butting heads with Homelander. Also, she mentioned her daughter in this episode she said to marie oh my daughter is going to be so jealous i'm at the guardian of godolkin and we still haven't seen her daughter so is that just a political line or is her daughter you know okay and healthy that'll be compound b that'll be interesting because if it's anything like polarity when he shot up his son with the compound v he got the same powers as his dad so mm-hmm. you know there's a high chance i would say that newman has newman's daughter has the same powers that newman has and it's the ability to control 
blood maybe not the exact same like we're talking about but um really cool uh don't know what to do i wouldn't be surprised if we don't get like a, a completely tied up loose ends solution with this virus and it bleeds directly yeah. into season four of the boys and that this virus has a huge implication um but i was thinking exactly what you were saying newman as soon as she hears this virus that can kill soups the first thing she thinks about is killing homelander and that's all i could think about is that's that was her plans for it wouldn't be completely surprised if she's just stealing it because she's in with the woods and everything like that but my first implication was she wants it to kill homelander and we did establish cardoso was now he's dead but was the only person that could replicate it so there is a finite amount of the virus that she has in her possession and also i i guess we're supposed to believe that it is still only through bodily fluid contact it yep, has not yet developed to airborne so it is not going to be that worldwide disease but could certainly cause some trouble was just going to say that because when we got mallory and shetty talking shetty says we're thinking in about 10 months we can yeah. have it fully operational so uh yeah as of right now not airborne but hey still dangerous as shit don't know what's going to happen um really really if this is the finale and this was the penultimate this was a really good penultimate so uh i would this was like a eight and a half nine out of ten for me personally yeah that's what i'm thinking too eight and a half nine out of ten i think it was fantastic great penultimate episode like you said got anything else i just love all these characters and <laughs> if some of them die next episode i'm going to be heartbroken Agreed. Well said. And that is going to be a wrap on episode seven of Gen V. As always, if you liked what you heard, give Benchtown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on BenchtownTV.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, YouTube, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Once again, we are Benchtown TV. And thanks for living. On and the last yeah, word. Yeah, that's insane. All right. All right. And thanks for listening. Go birds. Go birds. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.